the idea that, you know, if you want to stand up for the dignity of all, you cannot deny the dignity of some who are engaged in denying the dignity of others. So how can we approach this work? Um, and this is where we can be in, in intentionally curious <laughs> about like, how can we approach this work with the people who need to be involved the most and treat them with the dignity we would hope they would treat everyone else oh, with? I love that. And I think there can be so many different answers based on, again, on our own experiences, but I keep going back to empathy compassion. As soon as we start to judge others, we lose that connection to empathy and compassion. We other them. And so in my own life, in my own journey, as hard as it can be for certain groups of people, it's important for me to take the position that most people don't intentionally mean harm. Most people mm -hmm. mean good. And I do believe that. I believe there's, there are exceptions to that rule. But by and large, most of us do not wake up every day saying, what am I going to F up today? And who am I going to mess with? And so this whole idea of exercising compassion and empathy goes a long way to at least, even if I disagree with you, even if I think what you're doing is harmful how can i find a respect for you as a human being so that we can then identify some common ground hi i'm roger kassner and welcome to the what do you know to be true podcast this episode's a little different it's an excerpt from the intentional curiosity with kevin jones episode and kevin and i took a slight departure from the usual interview to discuss the state of diversity equity and inclusion and to share our perspectives on the role of curiosity, empathy, and accountability in how we approach the work that we do. To be clear, as my friend Mark Meadows once told me, all perspectives are valid and partial, meaning that Kevin and I want to acknowledge that our views are partial and that they are only reflective of where we are in our journeys right now of our unlearning and learning and relearning in the moment. We welcome your voice in this conversation, encourage you to participate with us in this discussion. Please share your thoughts in the comment section of the YouTube episode, and we'll see you there. None of us alive today created the systems of inequity we live in and work in today, but we do have a choice, and that's to willfully ignore those systems, to actively work to change them, or to continue to try to benefit from them. And this is the choice in front of us. If you're ready, let's dive in. Love that you were able to find an organization that allowed you to be who you truly are and, and allow you to show up in your best self. And it's, it's always a little head scratching when organizations don't allow that mm -hmm. because you know, the research is clear. Boards uh, should be looking at the organizations they govern and be able to see, okay, we know where people are able to show up in their best self that leads to higher performing teams and higher performing teams lead to more profits for organizations that don't allow people to show up in their true self. 
then you know you're you're leaving money on the table that's not the reason why you should do it but it could be a motivating reason for boards to that that govern them mm-hmm. large organizations that don't allow people to show up to be able yeah. to to approach that yeah. um there's there's a moral and a human reason to do it but you know yeah. well, we live in a capitalist society why not lean into <laughs> that I think that is such an excellent point you make, Roger, because one of the other things, uh, and I, I, I talk about this in the book as well, you bring up boards. Um, when we look at boards across organizations in America, 0.4% of them are uh, identify as LGBTQ. Mm. 0.4% of the members of boards. And so what a wonderful opportunity to create more diversity at the board level those boards that are governing organizations where that diversity of thought is important, where we can generate more curiosity by diversity in teams, let's start at the boards as well and set the example by mm-hmm. having more diverse boards. I'll get off my soapbox there. I think it's such a great point, though, because the best way that we can show those values are by living them from the top down within an organization. Hundred percent agree with you, and I think you know the the diversity, um, equity, and inclusion has taken a little bit of a of a hit lately with yeah. so many, you know, chief diversity officers and and people leaving uh, those DEI roles um, are being forced out um, as organizations yeah. begin to you know if if twenty twenty was a pendulum moment they're swinging the other way. And I think the same argument could be made. Diverse teams um, in general outperform uh, homogenous teams. And so there's there's an economic value, yeah. an equation formula to be able to, you know, boards should be looking at that, you know, teams with greater diversity and greater representation outperform those that don't. Yeah. Um, and that's, yeah, again, another, another capitalist <laughs> argument um, for doing the right thing. But, yeah. you know hand in hand. Yeah. And I I love the point you're making there about the diverse thought as well. Um, And to your point, the studies show this time and time again. And I use an extreme example, but let's say you have uh, a leadership team that's made up of all white men, uh, all white straight men, I would even go as far to say, uh, there's no females, there are no people of color, no LGBTQ that when that comes to life is when you realize that these people, uh, straight white men, and I mean no offense to you as a straight white man, Roger. (laughs) None none taken. (laughs) But there is this idea that you're going to bring a, a, a series of your own background and experiences, which are diverse, and yet, as a straight white man growing up, your experiences are going to be very different to uh, a, a black woman. And so those ideas that might come from a person of color or an LGBTQ member uh, will come from a different place and a different set of experiences that are likely to be missed out on if, they're, if they don't have a seat at the table. I think, I think where people get challenged in in conversations around diversity, around you know privilege, um, is when they start thinking about it personally. Mm-hmm. And what you know in in these kind of conversations, these kind of efforts, we're 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 not we're not really focused on any one individual. Mm-hmm. We're actually focused on systems. We're focused on, you know, systemic oppression and yeah. where um, where 
at an aggregate level, um, underrepresentation, underestimation um, happens. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you look at like the stat you just gave about boards being 0.4% LGBTQ, when you look at leadership uh, within industries, um, how it does skew heavily to the straight white male, Mm -hmm. um, and yet populations don't mm-hmm. um, skew in the same way, then yeah, maybe maybe there's something systemic we should be talking about and not whether or not, you know, me as a as a straight white male, did I have struggles? Mm-hmm. Did I have challenges? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, the Buddha will tell us life is suffering. And I don't mean to diminish anyone's struggle, everyone's challenge, um, even that of straight white men. Um, yeah, we all have struggles. Mm-hmm. We all have challenges. And yet, um, you know, by by thinking it's the same for everyone, um, it's it's just um, you know lacking fact. It's also you know referred to as ignorance. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. And 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 to that point, you know, it's it's there's something fascinating. Uh, kind of again going to this notion of um, intentional curiosity. Some of the people I coach who are uh, straight white men. That is a, a wonderful opportunity to practice that intentional curiosity. Uh, I wonder about their own challenges and their own experiences that got them to this point in their careers. And so it gives you this beautiful chance to open up a conversation about what diversity of thought means to them uh, in a very specific way in the context of a coaching relationship. But I'm not only curious about what they think about it, I'm curious about what they may want to do differently, what they may want to do the same, what fears they have, what concerns they have, what opportunities are there uh, within themselves to continue to grow as they start looking for more diverse thought that may make them uncomfortable. And so that's how in my own life that intentional curiosity also plays out is in these situations where we're looking at challenges with diversity at the at the leadership levels and in some of the people I coach, they're figure, trying to figure out within themselves how to understand the value of diversity of thought more as it relates to the success of their leadership teams. I mean, we, we all hopefully are on a journey of learning and unlearning and trying to create a more just an equitable society, let alone mm-hmm. uh, in, in workplaces. Um, and it definitely seems like um, creating space for white straight men to uh, be curious, mm-hmm. to understand what's preventing them from participating in these mm-hmm. conversations and helping to, you know, join um, join the struggle to dismantle systemic racism, uh-huh. systemic sexism um, that's in in society, in the organizations, it's in the water we swim in. Um, that's that's where I think um, a lot of work has not mm-hmm. happened. Mm-hmm. Um, probably a lot of work has. And I know some organizations that take this on and I know individuals who take it on as well. But I think that's really where you know, we'll see the next movement mm-hmm. um, in social justice. It's, um, you know, guys that look like me um, 
beginning to, you know, be curious themselves mm -hmm. about um, what's preventing them from participating. I think a lot of it is the fear of getting canceled, the fear of saying the wrong thing. Yeah. And as I read um, and learn more and more about, um, you know, uh, uh, people of color who are involved in, in DEI work, um, continue to talk about the mistakes mm -hmm. they make, mm -hmm. almost creating a little safety around, um, you know, others making mistakes yes. And, yes. and learning from them and, and growing from them. Um, I think that's, um, I don't know if that's intentional, but I think that's going to help mm -hmm. again, people who look like me be able to, to, to join uh, the conversation and join the movement um, to make, to make the you know, society and our workplaces uh, more equitable. Yeah. And you were saying something about those experiences or the mistakes that we make uh, and we collectively and the value of those mistakes is that it we I hope it allows each of us to draw on those mistakes to generate empathy because I am it is so important to me and I talk about this in in conversations I have in coaching this isn't about me banging over the head of a straight white man. This is about understanding their their experiences and, and, and inviting them to a conversation rather than approaching this with this sense of judgment. You know, there's this, uh, that old uh, Walt Whitman uh, comment that I learned through Ted Lasso, which is um, be curious, not judgmental. And the whole notion mm -hmm. of that is Again, I am curious about you. I'm not going to judge you for your experiences or for how you got to where you are today. And I do think that's where a lot of we, again, the whole, the whole aspect of cancel culture is, is far beyond the realm of this conversation. But if I talk about feeling canceled, I do feel like so much of it in my own experiences is when we approach a situation with judgment and perhaps we could leverage a bit more empathy. I'm never going to approach a straight white man and say, you're doing it wrong uh, because somebody <laughs> could point that finger right back at me uh, more often than not and say, yeah, so are you. The idea is to approach it again with that sense of curiosity, that intentional desire to understand where they're coming from. And I just feel like there's so little of that in the world today has become more polarized and tribal and the more we cancel, the more we look at people as other, uh, the less likely we are to find common ground and demonstrate that sense of empathy. And so I think it's important to each of us as we demonstrate or embrace intentional curiosity, it gives us an opportunity to break that cycle. There's a couple things popping up for me as you were just saying that one, there's a, a U2 song where part of the cure, uh, chorus is um, there is no them, there's only us. Yeah. And then, you know, so from cool pop song to um, geeky um, organizational development <laughs> book, uh, the Oz principle, uh, which is about um, helping organizations and individuals be more accountable. And in, in that book, um, they talk about when something goes wrong, mm. um, the, the next two steps should be the individual saying, you know, how did I contribute to the situation? The second question being, what can we do to move this mm -hmm. forward? 
And I think that is applicable when it comes to diversity, equity, and inclusion for us to think about, okay, how, do, how am I contributing to the situation? And then what can we do together? Not what can you do or what can you do or what I can do. It's what can we do together? Because that's, you know, the journey when we're all on together um, will be, will, will, will get us to where we need to go and not just individual achievements yeah. or, or attempts. Yeah. Yeah, beautifully said. Beautifully said. I love that. And and I know we have talked a lot about the DEI aspect and the the the, the evolution of that. And uh, you know, my final thought on that would be, uh, it's incumbent on all of us, uh, even in the LGBTQ community. And I I may get a little flack for saying this. We can be our own worst enemy sometimes when we expect change in others. Uh, because we may feel like we have been wronged, and oftentimes rightfully so. Um, but we often can think that that change is one way because of our own experiences and the way that we have been hurt and harmed by society. And so it can be harder for us to demonstrate and leverage empathy for others who are different because we have been treated differently so much of our own lives. Uh, and so I say that with with love and compassion, and it's an opportunity to your point as a, as a team, what did I do and what can we do? And so it's not, again, what can you do as a straight man? We all have that opportunity to ask ourselves, what could we do differently? Just recently, when I heard um, someone talk about the idea that, you know, if you want to stand up for the dignity of all, you cannot deny the dignity of some mm. who are engaged in denying the dignity of others. So how can we approach this work? Um, and this is where we can be in, in intentionally curious <laughs> about like, how can we approach this work mm. with the people who need to be involved the most mm. and treat them with the dignity we would hope they would treat everyone else uh, with? I love that. And I think there can be so many different answers based on, again, on our own experiences, but I keep going back to empathy, compassion. As soon as we start to judge others, we lose that connection to empathy and compassion. We other them. And mm -hmm. so in my own life, in my own journey, as hard as it can be for certain groups of people, it's important for me to take the position that most people don't intentionally mean harm. Most people mm -hmm. mean good. And I do believe that. I believe there's, there are exceptions to that rule. But by and large, most of us do not wake up every day saying, what am I going to F up today? And who am I going to mess with? And so this whole idea of exercising compassion and empathy goes a long way to at least even if I disagree with you, even if I think what you're doing is harmful, how can I find a respect for you as a human being so that we can then identify some common ground? Mm -hmm.